0: Well, greetings everybody. It is uh,
1: the fifth of December, so we're heading into uh well, what can only be uh sort of deemed the uh, the crunch zone of the holiday season. So if you don't have your uh stuff in order, well, hopefully we can give you some tips on some last minute uh you know actions that you might be able to take. Uh we don't have Jim Hedger this week. We have Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media uh joining me today's co host. Jeremy, thank you very much for joining us. How's it going? My pleasure.
2: It's uh Chaotic but good, man. How about you? <laughs> not too bad at all. Yeah,
1: we head into this season. It's been uh, all calls all morning with uh, last minute PPC prep and and stuff like that, and uh, reviewing uh, you know Black Friday results and and that sort of thing. So uh, so yeah, having uh, having a good time. And uh, but we we we've always got lots to chat about. I mean, listeners may not know. Uh, but you and I can basically BS our way through uh, an eight-hour <laughs> segment
2: if we needed to. <laughs> I think that's a fair statement.
1: And uh, and last minute, you uh, you agreed to join because my co-host or regular co-host Jim Hedger couldn't make it this week. Um, and uh, you know, much love to uh, him and Shoshana who, uh, who he's uh, attending to right now. And uh, yeah, so uh, we've got lots of news. Uh, I love the the story that you sent and. Uh, we can insert Dave ranting about overstepping
2: with the mortgage calculator. So why don't we start there? (laughs) You, you forwarded it to me. Why don't you tell Uh, the listeners what, uh, what we're about to talk about? Sure. So um, I think it was Matt that wrote the article about the mortgage calculator that Google recently added some additional features to, um, which kind of ties into some of the stuff that we've been talking about for a while of Google just taking things and, and, Turning into all roads lead to Google at this point, but uh, it kind of turned into this other tangent where Roger was then talking about you know mortgage calculators and uh, how that ties into link building and things of that nature, which I thought was kind of an interesting topic. Did you get a chance to read that thread by any chance? I, I have, yeah, and uh,
1: and and he's I mean, not surprisingly, Rogers got some great insights into. He's, he's a really good reporter for bridging that gap between. Um, Trying to just deliver it as news, but he can't help himself. But delivers an insight <laughs> uh, and, and his own personal take, and he, he's usually uh, pretty pretty accurate. We'll actually, I've got another story. We'll be we'll be bringing Roger's name up uh, up again uh, in in a little bit. But um, we're talking about mortgage calculators. It's funny because last week we were talking about um, on, on on the show about their forays into travel and and the impact that uh, that they're. Potentially going to have well they are having it there. I was just reading a story about their their impact on Tripadvisor um, and uh, and Expedia and, and they're they're crushing their their market share. Um, and here we have another case where they're stepping in, putting their own tool front and center um, in mortgage calculators. Um, so you can just look up like mortgage calculator and hey, there's Google's tool. Um, I know Rand Fishkin was ranting about it on Twitter, basically going, "It's not the best tool. It doesn't have the most links, but Google owns it, so there it is, right?" And it's a it's a it's a valid point. Um, you know, you and I have had some interesting discussions over the many years we've known each other um, on letting companies be companies, right? Like just do what you do, and you will rise or fall um, on your on your own uh, own merits. Seeing them foray into areas like this, though. You know, you know where I'm, I'm going to go because you know, I, 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 like, I, I love capitalism. Um, yeah. You're a capitalist maybe even more, more than I am, and both of us are marketers, so we're both pretty big capitalists. Um, what do you think of them actually starting to sort of get outside their lane? And, and they're, they're not just delivering search results. They're not just delivering what they're supposed to be delivering. They're actually starting to eat other people's market share.
2: You know, it's one of those things I'm I'm torn on it, right? Because I I'm a big fan of the free market. Let business do what it what it's gonna do. But on the other side of that, I mean they they do have their hands in government in a lot of ways, so it's not straight free market kind of thing. What I'm seeing though, and you and I have talked about this a lot, we were talking about the uh the travel stuff just a couple of days ago, where they're basically taking that over. They're now doing this mortgage calculator thing. Um they're doing a lot of stuff. Used to be that you would go and look up on IMDb, you know who was in certain movies, and now Google's right. got that carousel across the top. There's so many different areas like that where they are taking it over. Um, like, where do you draw the line? They're basically they're taking this data from other places and then presenting it as their own. If you or I did that, we'd be penalized. We wouldn't be in Google if we were just copying other people's content and passing it off as our own. Um, you know, look at some of the the rules that they apply, where you know we talk about having too many ads look at the search results it's it's mostly ads nowadays (laughs) so it's they're imposing certain rules on people on websites but they're not they're not following those same rules themselves and that's where i see the problem
1: well it's 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 interesting because there was a and i i sort of poked at roger and so we'll we'll mention his his name again well i didn't poke at him he's just delivering news but i'm sort of shooting the messenger on that one um, in a in a weird sort of way, um, we were talking about a question that was asked. Basically, this this person had a had a job site and was was asking John um, Mueller on Twitter, "How do we how do we rank when we're basically just copying job listings?" And John, rightfully, just gave the very obvious answer: um, "You need to differentiate yourself." Right? Like, I mean, I was an affiliate marketer back in the early two thousands, copying other people's content. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you you need to now. Take that, but offer more than they're offering in the way of, you know, I'm selling a you know, health product. Okay, provide more information on that. Make myself a destination, not just, just you know, regurgitating what they already have. Um, so, I mean, you, you bring up an interesting one because his answer is you need to differentiate. And now here we have in the search results. Not really. You can just take it, scrape it throw it up there as your own, to, to your point, just take IMDB, put those listings in there, and now you don't have to visit IMDB anymore, right, or, or travel. Well, you just regurgitate other people's information and, and off you go. So I, I think it is an interesting one, and I, I understand the dichotomy that, that somebody like you or, or like myself um, faces, certainly certainly more you with, a, with a, a stronger let these people fail and just keep, keep regulation out of it sort of, sort of approach to things, which is, is an entirely legitimate stand. Um and and I can say that because Jim's not on the show, uh, he, has a, he has a stronger version on a uh, stronger aversion to uh, to that mentality. But um, you know you, you do hit this and go oh, okay, but it, but enough is enough, right? Like you're actually going to hurt the free market now with with your actions. And I think that's where the difference comes in. I, I look back to the '80s, uh, and a lot of our listeners are like, "Wow, he's old." Yes, I look back <laughs> to the '80s and what Microsoft was having to face. Um, you know, with their with the regulations against them and the uh, you know, anti-monopoly and, and anti-competition and go, Google's just so far exceeded anything Microsoft could have dreamed of at the time. And you don't even hear a whimper from the government. And you don't hear a whimper. Yeah, you'll hear like an occasional, like somebody's ranting about something. But I mean, you know, as, as well as I do, you've watched the, the government try and do any kind of regulation in technology. And it's <laughs> it's just pathetic. They don't, they don't know what they're talking about and, and they don't hire people or ask the right people, oh, how do we do this? We saw that, uh, you know, with the EU going, Well, you can, we, you know, we're going to make Google pay and Google, all right, fine. We're just going to show the URL. Now, what do you think? (laughs) In the news results, it's like, okay, that's what happens when you don't put people who understand technology and what Google is going to do in charge. So it's tough. Do you want them to regulate this? Not the current grouping, that's for sure. But, uh,
2: right. And I still don't think, I don't think regulation is the answer anyway. I don't know what the answer is, but something's got to give at this point. It's just, it's getting ridiculous. And I mean, it doesn't look like any other search engines are getting to a point where they're going to really take any major market share anytime soon. Well, that's it. Google
1: has the monopoly earned because they have a really, really good engine and they've done what they're supposed to do. And when I'm looking for information, I have my choice of engines and Mm -hmm. I just go to my Chrome browser bar, (laughs) bar and (laughs) enter in the query and, you know, I might skip through a few titles I can see a pesky person like you or I dropped in there
3: <laughs>
1: and get to the real organic results. But but they are they are good. And yeah, it, it is gonna be interesting to see how this plays out. In the meantime, you know, I, I try and keep my we can have our, our business, and that's what we've been chatting about now, should Google be doing this, at the same time putting on my marketer hat and go well, if we can just keep all the avenues on Google, at least it's a predictable environment for me as a marketer. And I, I like that. It's like, oh, okay, well, it's it's just more roads lead to Google if I can just be really, really good at the paid or organic or, you know, if you're an agency, both sides of things, you know, fantastic. And uh, the question is not that we should be asking isn't so much, should they? That's what we're talking about now, but that's just, right. you know, fun conversation. Um, but at the end of the day, putting on our marketer hats, it's, Okay, well, how do I capitalize on this, and how do I make the the most for my clients out of this? Because, like it or not, this is where mortgages are now being calculated. This is where trips are being planned. Well, I have clients in travel, so there we go. It's all there. Great. Now I don't have to worry as much about Expedia as a marketer. That's kind of handy, right? I'm not competing in search results for Expedia anymore. I, I'm I'm competing just to make sure we're we've got a good paid campaign using the hotel ad
3: <laughs> you know, right.
1: over on Google. So. Um, it, it can make it easier for marketers, or, or certainly a lot more predictable.
2: You know that brings up an interesting tangent to this, and which then ties back to Rogers' post, where he talked about the that particular thread kind of took a, a different direction than I think it was originally intended, and it started getting into, if you recall, back in the day, the the mortgage widgets that people used to put on the websites, which was used as link building, and you know he he said that that's a, you know an unethical. Link building tactic, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I I know you're uh, kind of somewhere in the middle of probably where my views are and and where his views are. Um, I don't think I don't think you can really call any particular tactic unethical. Like this is the environment you have. You you have to use whatever tactics are at your disposal. I think if Google's going to play way outside of the rules, it's up to us to to do the same. <laughs>
1: No, so I, I, I absolutely tend to 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 agree with you. Uh, I think everything comes into into context. Regular listeners will know I sort of talk about. It. I'm a white hat SEO. That's because that's what I have to do. But back when I was mm-hmm. doing affiliate marketing, these are Google's webmaster guidelines. They're not laws. I'm not breaking a law when I violate <laughs> exactly. them, right. As long as my client understands what the risk reward is, and as long as I do. If I'm a black hat SEO. Like I, I, I was one and I had, you know, things that would show different content to bots and stuff. I don't have a a, a moral compass that's based on Google's webmaster guidelines. Right. Um, It it more comes into my client ethics as, as yours do. And I think that's what we're talking about is, am I serving my client? Well, do they understand risk reward? I'm white hat because I have a low tolerance for risk on, on that one. And so do my clients. Um, But at the, at the same time, you know, would I engage in those? Yeah. If I was launching affiliates, say, I, I mean, heck, I do testing on stuff like that. I don't sure. feel like I'm violating laws or, or, or my ethics to go, uh, I should know, you know, can, can we serve different content to bots Right? Like, and how does that work? And how does like link spam work now? Right. Like what happens? Turns out it works right? yeah. like it or not. It, it still does do it. No, don't if you actually care about your site. Uh, but you know, it's, it, as we've said,
2: it, this isn't this isn't the law. This isn't morals. This is just what's your risk right. tolerance. I think, as far as your own sites go, it's pretty much no holds barred. Yeah. If you're doing something for clients, I look at that the same way that I look at something medical. Right, um, informed consent. You're not going to go do something for a client and not tell them what you're doing, and then have that end up getting them penalized. Yeah. Um, we saw a lot of that for the people who are around for a while in this industry, during the uh, Penguin. (laughs) I knew that was the algorithm you were going to bring up. (laughs) Indeed. So, I mean, as long as somebody is aware of the risks and, and they roll with it, that's fine. But where I see a problem with it is if you have an SEO professional who is not informing the clients of the risks, they're using these shitty tactics and end up hurting them.
1: Yeah. Um, and you know what? We we're talking about algorithms way back. I want to make sure it's a name that we bring up every single show. Um, and on, on December 2nd, this this has nothing to do with news specifically, except uh, your friend, my friend, Jim's friend, uh, Mr. Barry Schwartz, uh, on December 2nd, hit 16 years of reporting
2: <laughs> in our industry. That's impressive. So it, it
1: is impressive. I want to give a, a hat tip to, to Barry Schwartz. Regular listeners so will have heard his name every single episode um, because he, he covers so much news. And I know that, I mean, you know, he's never complained to me about, gee, I didn't want to get up and, and write five, ten, fifteen pieces today on what was going on in the search industry. <laughs> but I can only imagine that some days he woke up and went, I don't want to do this today. But he bucks up, <laughs> he gets the job done, um, and is, is easily one of the most, um, you know, sort of important people for, people like you and I to keep abreast of what's going on. So big thanks and uh, congratulations to Barry Schwartz for hitting 16 years and looking forward to reporting his 17th, 20th, and 25th in uh, in future episodes. Indeed. Um, and you know what, since we're on, a, on personal notes here, uh, I'm going to give a hat tip to, or a, a day of celebration to Mr. Jim Boykin, uh, because today is the day of the ninja. So, uh, you know, happy Day of the Ninja to the internet marketing ninjas and uh, and Jim Boykin, um, you know, over uh, over there, who's uh, you know just a just an all round fun guy.
2: Nice. So, um, are you gonna go climb up, scale your walls over there now in celebration oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah, me, Ninja me Day? Me and my my forty six year old body doing a little parkour. <laughs> yeah, that's happening. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Make sure that you get somebody to live stream that for you, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. You just hear
1: a few ambulances and then that would be, that would be the end of that. Um, so where do we, where do we want to go? I know we've got a commercial break coming up here shortly. We, there's a, there's a subject we can talk about really quickly. and I'm interested in your take on it. Um, Google's co-founders uh, have, have stepped down. So Page, Bryn, Larry Page, uh, Sergey Bryn um, are now stepping down. Um, they're still going to be active as board members of Alphabet, but they're they're now stepping down, handing the reins over to Sundar Pichai in good hands. But uh, what do you think of them leaving? Is it just, is it much ado about nothing? Is it sort of...
2: Just I think so. Yeah.
1: yeah, I don't think there's really much to it. You? No, I, I, I tend to agree. They They entered with a lot of innovation. Um, you know, they, they built PageRank, right? Like they built the, the building blocks of, of what search engines now operate on. I mean, there's, there's a lot more moving parts now than there were in like 1998, 97, <laughs> 98 when they were developing PageRank. But, um, you know, they, they, they were the first to sort of capitalize and, and build on a, on a, on a, on a solid foundation and, and took search where it is. But I don't think they were doing very much anymore. Guiding no. overall direction, maybe for sure. But they have so many side projects with Alphabet. Um, and I, I, I think, you know, about time. If I had their kind of money, I'd probably be like, yeah, we're good. (laughs) Time to Just like I've been doing there, you know, I've been working, busting my butt, putting in like 12, you know, 14 hour days for 25 years. I'm, I'm good now. I'm time to, time to take a, take a little time off and enjoy, uh, enjoy what I've built. And, uh, yeah, I, I think they have a comfort rightfully placed in Sundar. Um, and, uh, and and they've got a good team assembled. So yeah, I mean, I I don't think they were probably adding much. And they're still board members, so they'll still lead to the, the direction. But uh, I don't think they had much technically uh, to lend that uh, isn't being done by people, um, you know, Martin Split and uh, and John Mueller and I mean Martin more on the on the technical side. But they, they they're they're in good hands, and um, you know the, the the investors seem to be agreeing with uh, your and nice I's take that. Yep. <laughs> they're, they're still in good hands. No, you know, the the stock didn't plummet. Um, and Sundar is, has taken it and from, uh, you know, revenue year over year is is just massive. What is over the last four years, he took it from seventy four point five billion to one hundred and thirty six billion. So I think it's in pretty decent hands. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's
2: not enough to live on, but it's a start, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a little walking around money anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: So, um, I, okay, I, I think now's a, now's a, a good time to uh, to take a break. We've got a lot more stories here coming up after the break, uh, but uh, we got to pay some bills here. You know, we, we don't have the $136 billion that, that Google does here at <laughs> Webmaster Radio, um, so we're going to let some advertisers pay our bills, and thanks to them. This is Dave Davies, joined by Jeremy Knopf from uh, Spartan Media. We'll be back in just a couple minutes.
0: Sit tight and don't move. Web College will be back after this short break. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2020 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. Passes before
3: it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can intended consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds if you're frustrated bored or in a rut it's time to spread your wings with me brian massey and my guests find out how successful curious creative and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended
0: Consequences, Marketing on Purpose. Are you a PPC professional? Would you like a mountain of resources that will help you fine-tune your skills? Join the Paid Search Association, the only nonprofit organization dedicated to serving managers of Google, Microsoft, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter advertising accounts. Check it out at www.paidsearch.org. That's www.paidsearch.org.
1: Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rockstar level. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
0: We're everywhere.
3: Comedy, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Here are the hosts Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Joined this week by Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media. To um, we'll be chatting more news here, and uh, and great to have on, uh, great to have you on again, Jeremy. Um, yes, not sure where we want to go here. I mean, there's there's always so many news stories to cover. Um, one of my favorites, so I'll share it, and, and we mentioned him earlier, Matt Southern, another, uh, of the great industry reporters over at, uh, over at Search Engine Journal. Um, covered something, just a light, I, I, found it kind of funny, um, announcement that 63% of consumers don't know how search results are categorized, which made me think, hey, I thought from, from what I've seen and, and, and the, the strategies I've uh, I, I sort of witnessed. Um, I, I was expecting it to be 63% of SEOs don't know how search results are <laughs> categorized, but um, it, it sort of leads me to the, to, the, to the big question. I mean, SEO is a highly complicated area. Paid search is a highly complicated area. 63% of consumers, I'm actually impressed that 37% of consumers do have a decent handle on how this is all done. Why should they care? Should they even care? Or is that the
2: the responsibility of the search engines to go, don't you worry about it? We're just going to provide you what you need to have. Uh, well, I'm not a big fan of trusting anyone to tell me what I'm going to need to have. But uh, <laughs> I don't think necessarily everybody feels that way. Um, I think definitely we need to know. People need to know because I know that the people who, who do know often tend to ignore a lot of the ads and go on to the organic results. Yeah, and I do paid search marketing. I don't want that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but you bring up a valid point, is understanding how this is done, even a, a rough, like I, I wouldn't expect my dad to understand the complexities of, of how the machine learning systems work or even what BERT is or something like that, but understanding that links kind of factor in that you know how page content should be structured based on the, the query type yeah you're right that that is something that is helpful so that a user can at least judge whether what they're seeing is valid or not mm-hmm. <clears throat> um but I found that interesting and and I mean, I mean, what would you say as far as Percentage? If we were saying, and this is just a, a rough estimate based on the strategies you've seen, and I know you're a part of like a number of groups, you you hear a lot of the questions that
3: um, SEOs
1: are asking. And I'm not talking about the entry level SEOs because they're just trying to figure figure stuff out. But of people who would consider themselves to be at least intermediate SEOs, what percentage of SEOs do you think actually have a solid grasp in understanding some of the the complexities involved? At least like the level they should be at to be the SEO that they're calling
2: themselves. Uh, I, I guess if I answered that question, it would depend on who I had just got done speaking with. I've heard some people with some pretty ridiculous ideas. Um, those tend to be the ones that stand out. So I, I think that would probably skew my perception of, of what people understand and what they don't.
1: That's that's true. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to give a, a credit because she, she covered it really well on an article that has just like, you're, you're an author for search engine journal. I'm yep. an author for Search Engine Journal. Uh, I, I don't think I'm, I'm speaking out of, out of turn here saying anything they don't want. They, you know, once a month go, hey, and these are the people that wrote the, the, the most viewed article. Um, this is the, the person who wrote the most shared article. Great. Just to let us as writers know, I find it helpful to go, oh, okay, here's the subject. Here's the title structure that is, that is working. I think it's, it's great for us as, uh, you know, it's nice to win it, and I have a couple times. I know you have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, But even when you don't, it's like, oh, okay, I, I see it. Well, hat tip, a begrudging hat tip to <laughs> Nana Hopkins from WordStream for just obliterating any hope anybody might have of having their name included there with 14,000 reads of her article, which came out timely for the conversation we're having now. Um, we call your bluffs, Five Digital Marketing Kells. Um, and basically, what can you ask an SEO that if they give you the wrong answer, you immediately know, okay, you, you don't know um, what you're talking about. Definitely an interesting read. If you're trying to uh, sort of, you know, if you're hiring SEOs or trying to gauge an SEO, it's, it's actually an interesting read because there's some good, um, good advice. I mean, I, I've, pat on the back um like one of my responses (laughs) to her was included in there and that was just well you can't like a link builder is different than a content marketer is different than a technical right like you got to ask the right context of of question Mm -hmm. um you know we're talking about digital marketing like i don't do social so if you're asking me questions about social i mean i'm you know i'm on facebook enough you're well aware of that (laughs) but um you know i i I don't manage large scale social campaigns if you ask me a question about that i'd probably fail many of them about sort of some of the intricacies of of high level targeting that you can do.
3: Um
1: and that's that's fine I accept that but I wouldn't try to pitch myself in that space
2: right? which is I think right. what
1: it, it all boils down to you don't pitch say you know stay in your lane do what you do well.
2: Well and that's something that you know you're you have a specific skill set and you try to stick to that um or you just jump head in and and learn it you know like you started this whole machine learning side of things not too long ago. What was it like a year or two years ago? Yeah. And now you're incredibly knowledgeable on it. Where I see a lot of people go wrong is they don't know a thing and a, a person wants them to do that thing. And because they're so desperate, they will claim to know it or, or BS their way through it and then end up hurting the client or, and hurting their own reputation in the, in the process. Um, and that's one of the things that actually hurts our industry as a whole.
1: You're you're right. It it really, really does. And it's one of the great things about um and, and you've invited me to some and I've asked some great questions. Well, I like to think they're great questions, or at least I've gotten great insight for me. Um one of the tips that I would give for for people who are who are trying to learn, um, and, and you know, sometimes we've all done it where you've bitten off more than you can chew. You've said <laughs> yes and then gone, oh wait, this is outside the scope of of what I do. Some of these groups attending some of the conferences, if if that's what you're doing, I know you speak at a number of them as well. Um, one of the biggest takeaways I've gotten from all of them is building out my phone a friend list <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> oh, Okay, I I may not know um, And I may end up finding myself in a spot. where I'm like, oh, I thought I knew and I said I could do this I don't actually know as much as I thought about this uh, mm-hmm. or you get thrown something like I had a client and all of a sudden they were launching a JavaScript site well There's nothing I can do, but I had so many phone friends (laughs) that I could call in and, you know, I could ask like Annie for help on like, okay, how do I make analytics work here? I could ask, you know, a variety of people. And I think that a lot of us get lost in that I'm expected to know everything. Um, And it's funny because my my father was was a political advisor. Uh, and he taught me very early on. It's probably the most valuable thing I've carried over to marketing um, was you don't need to know everything. You just need a big Rolodex. Right? <laughs> this is sort of dating him, right? Because yeah. my dad and people already know, because we talked about it earlier. I remember the 80s. Right. So, right. so yeah. that's where we're at here. Um, but it's like, wait, I don't need to know everything. I don't, you know, you, for example. Uh, I know that you and, and your team can make just lightning fast sites. Fantastic. I don't need to know that, right? Like I can just help somebody build it and then go, I know. Now you need to call Jeremy <laughs> and he will do all this stuff to make all your WordPress site actually run fast and take out all that crap because your WordPress theme was built for 85 different layouts and you're using one. Right. Like, And then that's, that's the, 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 the problem with WordPress. I mean, it's a, it's a great, you know, content management system, but it's problem is you buy a theme and it's built for too much. Um, sure, sure. And so folks listening um, and this, you know, I'll, I'll do it because you can't pitch your services. It, it's your site's <laughs> slow called Jeremy. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a, the right thing to
2: do. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, you've really touched on an important point and that is, I mean, not only having the contacts, but also having the, I guess the ability to put your ego in check and reach out to people. I mean, everybody at the top of the game, is going to do that. You know, I've reached out to you. You've reached out to me. Everybody does that. That's just something that we all have to be able to do.
1: Well, absolutely. And sometimes, and we've had those calls in both directions where it's like, yeah, that, that thing that, that you just said, that's right. Well, great. I might've gone in 90%, but now I don't hang my client's business on 90%. (laughs) <laughs> nor, nor should we, right? Like, okay, there's some right. like PPC tests. You're like, I don't know. I think it'll work. Let's test it and risk a few hundred bucks, right? And then the client knows and that's, that's fine. I mean, sometimes you got to test things, but um, yeah, sometimes all you find out is good. And by asking those questions and, and you and I have both done it and then there's other people in the industry we ask questions of, you find out, oh, we're we're actually all in the same boat. I don't care how big an SEO you are, how long you've been in the industry, there's crap you don't know. And it's okay, And we all are there. And then if you ask a question, you'll soon find, oh, that person will ask you questions back because, you know, stuff they don't.
2: Right. Which that kind of segues into an interesting topic that I think you and I have discussed this before is imposter syndrome. You know, you get people to the more that you learn, the more that you realize you don't know. And that sometimes causes problems for people
1: it does it does and i think you know i mean to to go on a serious topic that we've been addressing pretty well as a, as a community at least the people i know and i know that there's a lot of people i don't know who who this may not apply to and if if you're you're here on the call like or, or on the podcast um you know take take heed because this is a it it is a big problem in our industry because we're in such a broad industry of a bunch of people who are entrepreneurial in a lot of cases, which has its own set. So not only are you fighting a losing battle and trying to understand everything Google's doing, either in paid or in organic or in just screwing with the search engine result layout, uh, but you're also dealing with your own challenges on the business side. So you're trying to go, okay, I need to take this client. And we were talking about that earlier and going, I need the client because I can't pay my rent. But at the same time, I don't understand this this area. Do I say yes before I get that feedback? Um, and then the imposter syndrome kicks in. It's too big. You can't know it all. So if you're trying to, you will fail, right? Like you just, you can't. Um, and you will always feel like like an imposter. I, I face that um, regularly. I was chatting about that at uh, at SMX East, this like panic time in, in uh, 2015, um, where I just, I, I didn't know and, and it was all getting out of hand and I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. And it took a good, a good six, eight months to come to terms with the fact that, Oh, I can measure this new thing. And, and I like to measure things. And as soon as I could measure it, I felt a little better about my life. Um, but we all hit that and it's okay. And then it's through, through actually asking questions and, and seeking help, um, mm-hmm. that you can get out of that. And I, I think you bring up a really important point because it's something I think the entire industry faces. Um, and, and we're trying to sort of address it where we can in, in little groups. Uh, but I think it takes people brave enough and, and you're included in this list, um, to step up and go, here's where, um, I'm feeling, this weakness um, in, in, in what I am. And I have to present myself. We're marketers, right? Like everything we all see from each other, we're marketers presenting ourselves. Like we are the worst. Oh yeah. Because everything I see is the best version of somebody. Social media is bad enough, but now I'm seeing the social media created by marketers. Like, Oh my goodness. What a train wreck that is. If I'm going to judge my value based on what I'm seeing, which is the best version of somebody that they can be. And, and, and that's what they do for a living—is make themselves and their companies <laughs> the best <laughs> version of themselves. Um, so I, I think it's a valuable point, and 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 yes, we should always, always, always be trying to learn a new thing. That's just what we need to do. But mm-hmm. you can't learn it all. Pick a thing. You brought up machine learning. I like it, so that's one of the things I've tried to learn how natural language APIs work and that sort of crap. Um, but I mean, that's not really machine learning, but it is. Um, you know, getting into into that side of things, great. But does that make me to talk about something or not? Does that make me good at social media? Oh, heck no. <laughs> no, not not at all. I'm not a marketer in, in that area, and, and it's too big a space. So you're not an imposter just because you don't know everything. Um, right. You're an imposter if you pretend you know things you don't. And, and that, that is, I think, the big difference. So stay in your lane. Um, and if you don't, find find friends who are in different lanes than you.
2: <laughs> there you go.
1: Um, all right. So we're, uh, I, I don't know, you, you shared a lot of, uh, a, a lot of stories, um, you know, across and, and for our listeners, they'll, they'll know, we sort of can, can share stories, what we, what we want to chat about. Where would you, uh, where would you like to head?
2: Uh, that's a good question. You you talked a little bit about machine learning and AI. Why don't we talk about the virtual assistants thing? Great. I, I love
1: it. You, you shared the story. So why don't you, uh, why don't you introduce our, our listeners to, what are we talking about and
2: why, why are we talking about it? So in a nutshell, the virtual assistants like Siri, Google home, Alexa, uh, whatever the hell it is on Android. Um, like they're getting worse at delivering quality results. And it seems to be that that's because it's hit, I guess the, the, the peak of, of AI current capabilities, I guess would be the easiest way to describe it. Um, which kind of creates an interesting landscape for the SEO side, since I know that we're they're trying to work a lot more AI into things nowadays.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and of course, that leads yeah, that does lead to a whole a whole litany of other problems that we face. Because if we're try- you had brought it up, and I think it's a it's a, a very good point earlier when we were talking about consumers and going, I like to understand. Um, And that is one of the inherent problems with AI is even the engineers who have built the thing can't tell you why a specific result may have happened, right? If a a Google AI developer, yeah, they know how they built the AI and what they built it to do, but it may do things that they can't quite explain after the fact. And and that leads us to that, that sort of problem. Why are the results bad? They can try and improve it, but they can't
2: necessarily fully
1: understand what's going wrong to begin with.
2: Which is kind of scary if you think about it. And that was something I talked about in the article that I wrote, God, I think it has to be like two years ago at this point about kind of the future of SEO. And like, as it becomes this black box that we don't know anything about, not only can we can't necessarily figure it out, but if they can't tell us like what matters for ranking and what doesn't and what it's looking for, that creates a really interesting paradox
1: it does, and and this is a, a big area, I think. I mean, Proficient Digital did the 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 sort of study that it's based on, and and these folks know a lot. I, I rely, you know, based a lot of information on on their um, data on voice search that that comes out every year. I'm looking forward to it. it'll probably be like March. They'll do their their 2019 um, voice search usage um, statistics because they do it once a year, and it's it's really really interesting. So, folks, keep your eyes and ears open. We'll be covering it here on on the network. Um, that's Eric Enger, and I probably just. Pummeled his last name, and that's just what happens. Um, also here on this show,
3: uh, and I, I, I've
1: managed to nail yours. I, I think I've got yours right now. At this point, years of, of knowing you, but yes. uh, it's probably the one last name I, I've done okay with. But um, it, it's interesting because we did the, and I think you were you were part of it as well. Um, but Danny uh, Danny Goodwin is doing his sort of summary of what are the trends um, to be watching in twenty twenty. One of the ones I listed is the thing I'm going to be watching very closely is voice search and virtual assistants and there being maybe not the time that they really take off but where we start to see the um sort of early adopters not the not i guess not the early adopters the early majority um starting to to use it the way that it's built to be used not like i use it i've got a i've got an echo and a and a home sitting on my desk at work just so that i can you know ask them each questions and see how they respond but well, we'll start to see, I, I, I think the, to me in voice, the big transition is going to be when people move from just trusting their phone or just trusting their device, like their, their you know, Echo or, or whatnot, and actually using that to move the information over onto a, a screen, not just the little screens that some of the Echo devices come, but like move it onto your monitor, move it onto your TV and start to interact um, with, a, with a full e-commerce um, sort of environment hands free. I think that to me is, is gonna be the big leap that we'll start to see. And then I put myself out there with that as my prediction and then proficient comes in with this data and I'm like, oh well, those early majority uh are not going to be very pleased if uh if, if Google and um you know Amazon and Apple can't uh can't get it together and, and improve this experience because it all relies um, on them being able to provide those answers. Provide the oh, okay, you know, move that to my T V so that I you know, I'm on Amazon, I can start to actually like see what kind of shoe I want or, or whatever it is that, that people are, are searching for. So um this is a big cost and for things to get worse is weird. Um like for things technically to actually go backwards um in an area where you know they're investing a, a lot of money um is, is is a little peculiar. But it'll be interesting to see if they can if they can turn that around fairly rapidly. And fingers crossed for me, I hope they do,
2: because I love the idea of voice. I, I'm kind of not surprised that it's gotten worse though. If you think about it, they they went into this with very little data to work with, right? They're I mean basically voice is what's training AI. And <clears throat> they're building this algorithm based off a very tiny data set. And then as more people start to adopt it, it's not what they expected because that data set, just like statistics, if you look at something a certain way, it's going to mean one thing. If you look at it a different way, it's going to mean something totally different. Right. So. Right. Well, and
1: that's a, that's a very valid point. Like when I'm running a paid search campaign, I don't go, well, I ran this campaign on Monday and Tuesday and it failed. So that means that the whole campaign fails. No, your data set is not relevant. (laughs) Like You don't have enough data. Um, To actually make any decisions on Um, you bring up some good points. And if that is the case, it should evolve very, very rapidly. And I I do believe you're right. Um, The problem we may hit is if the users are dissatisfied too fast (laughs) and start saying, oh, well, I don't want to use this anymore. Um, you know, I'm, I'm better to just sit down on my laptop or just enter it with my thumbs into a phone because I'm going to get a more predictable (laughs) set of results that could go very poorly for them. But you're right they're They're basing it on a bunch of people who are looking up what's the weather and how do I play music? And now they're getting more complicated queries being entered in there. And like we saw with SEO back in the early two thousands, the algorithms are still fairly simple because they don't have the data sets to make complicated algorithms. So realistically we have a bunch of us SEOs in there going optimize for voice in a very simple algorithmic structure and, and that's what we're doing. Um, all right we'll, we'll, we'll end at that because I've got Brasco going you need to take another break and he's totally right because if we don't take a break then we won't stay on the network for very much longer so um, we'll be back in just a couple minutes after we pay a couple bills folks this is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing joined by Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media back in a couple minutes.
3: Don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Webmasterradio.fm, the destination for education and entertainment. independent authority on search vendors
1: your virtual webmaster frat house
3: webmasterradio.fm hey bring your togas webmasterradio.fm thanks for listening webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere To only on here
0: are the host Jim Hedger and Dave well, Welcome back, everybody. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Jeremy
1: Knopf from Spartan Media, and we just got a few minutes here to uh, hopefully uh, enlighten and uh, maybe even entertain a bit. We'll see how uh, how the next ten to twelve minutes goes. Um, Jeremy, we I mean we we're, we're we're heading down. We've only got a few more minutes here. Um, we've got, I, I've got like a whack of tabs opened. <laughs> like stories that we could be covering. Um, is there a specific direction um, that you'd like to um, head? If not, I'm happy to jump in. Yeah, why don't, uh, why don't you go ahead and run with that then? Alright, the on uh, December 3rd, so just two days ago, um, John Mueller was asked a, a question over on Twitter. It's covered on, surprise, uh, SE Roundtable. Uh, by Barry Schwartz, so we managed to get his name onto the episode twice so far. We'll see how the rest of it goes. Um, Where The the person was asking
2: about how BERT um, affects indexing,
1: which immediately made me
2: sort of sad. (laughs) Um, Kind of ties back to the earlier topic.
1: Yeah, it it does. And people understand. Now, fortunately, in this one, I don't blame the person. They're a business owner, right? They're they're not an SEO. They're a business owner asking about this, and they've heard about BERT. Right. And then and, and I get that, that you would be trying to wrap your head around something that you can't really wrap your head around. But this this does um, lead me to. Uh, well, I, okay, I mean, I, I'm not trying to tell my own thing here, but over on SEJ, I wrote a, a long series and an ebook on this is how search engines work. Um, folks, if you don't know how search engines work, you don't have to read that series, but you should actually look up on it um, because. Here's what I think the, the cliff notes that people need to understand is, is crawling is different than indexing. Indexing is different than rendering. Rendering is different than how algorithms generate search results, right? Like these are all different stages and that last one with the algorithms, uh, that, that's got a whole litany of, it, of its own stages in there. But um, I, I think this question really highlighted this misunderstanding that, that a lot of listeners have that an algorithm that adjusts for search results has anything to do um, with crawling or indexing and uh, for for folks uh, if you don't know the difference between crawling and indexing that one's not quite it's important but it's not quite as important but if you don't understand the difference between indexing and ranking um, I, I would highly recommend um, give it a read um, you can go over to se roundtable and, and that'll cover the core question but Bert uh, is, is basically a change in, in the way language uh, is interpreted and how entities are interpreted. It has nothing to do with crawling. Um, you still have the same crawl budget. Google will still hit the same number of pages. What they do with those pages is adjusted uh, by, by the BERT algorithm. So um, folks, just, just make sure you understand these different areas because they're really, really important for every other context that you will ever, <laughs> ever be looking at that relates to search. Um, there End rant. Um, <laughs> so um, one of the, the interesting things, oh, we're going to mention his name again. Um, and I, I'm really interested in, in your take on, on this uh, Matt Southern. Now this is going back uh, about a week, but we didn't cover it um, on the show. So this is back from uh, the 27th of November. So if you if you want to read the full, the full piece um, folks, you'll, you'll have to go back a bit. Um, but the paid search performs better than expected this year. We couldn't cover it last week on the show because, um, well, it was Thanksgiving, so that happens, um, and it, it's really, really interesting. And I brought up social isn't isn't my thing, and paid social is is not my expertise. I can do really rudimentary things in there, and for some clients, that's all they need. But as soon as it gets outside that, I get out, you know, stay in my lane and and, and recommend other people. Um, paid social is booming, and if you're not doing it, pay attention um, because paid social has exploded, um, doing far better. Um, than it did um, last year and is anticipated to take a greater market share um, of the of the spending dollars um, so if you're not doing it learn it if you don't want to learn it like I don't know people who do <laughs> uh, because this is a, a very specific thing and I'll, I'll just stay in my lane and, and keep learning about algorithms and, and let other people figure this one out but the money's going there uh, more of it's going there and you probably
2: want some of it <laughs> so I know Mary handles it for you guys over there. Are, are you guys working with anything aside from the core? Like, are you guys messing around with TikTok or any of the newer platforms? <laughs>
1: That's interesting. You mentioned it. Um, I had just, cause I'm curious about it just signed up. I, I haven't been approved yet before their advertising platform, but I just want to get kind of an understanding of it. I know Mary has as well. Um, TikTok specifically. Um, mm-hmm. I know she does a lot more work into Instagram and, and, and the, the visual, um, you know, sort of medium for some of our clients who have, you know, products that lend themselves uh, more to more to that. We've got a soap making supplier, right? Like a wholesale soap supplier okay. uh, of the like products for for people who like to make it. So yeah, you have tutorials on, this is how that works, you know, and how to make this great thing that looks super pretty. Yeah. You get, you get Instagram and stuff. Those are, those are great. Um, I know a lot of people are ignoring TikTok. um, I I think that's like, we're dealing with a demographic that is just getting their first credit card. This is a very, very important demographic for us to to get into. That's why I want to kind of understand it, but not enough. I'm staying in my lane, but, um, you know, I want to at least see what the back end looks like. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is an area that needs to be explored that we will be looking in. Um, one area that I haven't, but I think is, is an unsung hero. Um, and Brent Satoris, um, your, your friend and mine, um, is an expert in this, so I won't be. Um, is Reddit um, is another one that I just I like. I just love Reddit, <laughs> so but uh, it's 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 low low cost for advertising, and you can you can do very very well there as well. So looking to these other ones, like social media isn't just Facebook. In fact, your kids aren't there. Right, like mine aren't. <laughs> like they'll come in there to go, oh, okay, I need to like message my dad while he's at a conference <laughs> and say right. something on Facebook. I think that's the extent of my kids' interaction with Facebook um, is, is just a message my generation.
2: <laughs> I think that's a reasonable uh, description of it.
1: <laughs> yep. Um, and yeah, and they're just getting their first credit cards. So, like, that's what makes it really like you, you want to grab these people when they're developing. Um, they're buying cycles and they're buying habits. Now's the time to grab that generation. So yeah, jumping onto it. TikTok's a great, great, great example. I don't fully understand it. I've watched Mary sit and blow through like half an hour, um, you know, just sitting watching TikTok things, and I'm like, if search results were like this, like I watched you watch ten horrible things just for one funny one. Like if any other platform was like that, you would be gone if you had to go through ten bad things at once. Um, but TikTok seems to work, uh, work well. And I guess it's because it's so short, that it's like, yeah, those 10 bad things only lasted for like two minutes. And then I got to really laugh this one time.
2: Right. Um, So, you
1: know, or or, or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. How about you? Are you, are you exploring these, uh,
2: you know, I've gone as far as creating an account. I haven't done anything with it yet because somebody else owns my name on the platform. Wow. and I want it to be consistent on all the social networks yeah. um, I did reach out to a guy who I know would be able to help solve that but it's he wants to charge me two thousand dollars <laughs> and while his <laughs> time is definitely worth that that solving that problem is not worth two thousand dollars to me so right. I just have a profile I've done literally nothing there I have not even set up a an actual username for it. It's just whatever the random numbers are at the end of it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, But
1: one that, uh, you know, at least it's on, it's on your radar for for folks who may be interested um, in in looking at that in, in hitting that market. And I, I follow him for a variety of reasons, but head over to Twitter, hunt down Dwayne Forrester. Um, Dude just seems to love TikTok. (laughs) He's been on that for a long
2: time. He got on that last year, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he did. He was like one of the early adopters, like from our sort of generation of, of, of users. Um, he was in there very early and uh, yeah, he, he, just loves it. And he's not the target demographic that you will be advertising to, but um, he, he knows his stuff in there. So somebody to reach out to, if you're just trying to get your, uh, get your feet wet on that one. Um, I think we probably have time maybe for one more, uh, one more story. Um is there anything you're, you're specifically interested in? Or, uh, Surprise me. There's one more that's just just I'm loving. And I think it's right up your alley because this hits your sector um, or, or one of the, the, the sectors that I know you work in a, a lot. There's okay. been some changes that I love, 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 even though they don't apply to me <laughs> because okay. I don't have clients in, in the, the, the affected sectors at this time. Um, but you can now um, add job types under your service description in Google My Business. Um, So one of the examples that they gave is if you're a plumber, for example, like I can say I'm a digital marketer, but that doesn't mean I do everything. And a plumber does not necessarily specialize in everything involved with plumbing. Um, And you can now specify job types like install faucets and things like that. I love this both from a search standpoint, put all your stuff in there and now you can rank for, for more queries if somebody's actually just entering in what they want done you don't have to rely on it being in your description or reviews. Um, but I think it also will help, um, with some filtering and go, Oh, okay. I'm just looking for plumbers who install faucets because I need faucets installed in like this condo development I'm working on or in my house. Um, you know, and then, cause I'm not a condo developer just for, for folks in the listening audience who might think I have way more money than I do. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm in a city that has tons of condo development. They cost a lot of money. um, so yeah, I, I, I thought that was a great one, and I, uh, it was funny. As soon as that uh, crossed my radar, I thought, ah, that's kind of up uh, up Jeremy's alley too, because I know you do uh, some work in in spaces that that may be impacted by that, and I can only yeah. assume that, that means it's going to cascade into other things. So. Will you be latching onto this and, and getting all your clients to
2: use it? Absolutely. I didn't realize it was in GMB yet. Um, I had seen it in Google Local Ads, the the voice ads. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been there for a while. I didn't realize they'd already moved that over into GMB listings as well. Yeah, which is and it is. It, this is the the great thing about our industry. You can be like, okay, and you will be. Now,
1: unfortunately, we've now just talked about it in a in a podcast, so a bunch of people know, and I hate when that <laughs> happens. But. Um, You know, if you're an early adopter for stuff like this, it gives you just that gap. Um, And that's why I love watching. And and for folks who don't, if you don't follow Barry Schwartz, there, that three times. Follow him. It's the SERP layout changes that I love the most because, like, if you're an early adopter, if you go, okay, they're beta testing this. Do I think it will work? If the answer is yes, figure out what you can do because it's going to give you a week or two lead time. Um, And that may be the only advantage you have. And somebody's stronger than you may come in and take it, but you just rank for two weeks that you weren't going to before, and that, that's a lot of money. Um, all right. That's the hook. We are done. We have gone all the way around the clock. I've still got a few tabs, but I don't think Brasco will let me, so that's the end of the stories. <laughs> Jeremy Knopf, thanks for jumping in at the last minute. My uh, pleasure. Pleasure to chat, as always, folks. That was Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media. Once more, plug for Jeremy. Um, super knowledgeable guy, and if you have anything to do with site speed, I know I end up recommending a lot of people to him. I know you do a lot more than that, but that's like... I, I just love that you could do that and and some of the results you get um, highly recommended to to give them a shout Um, and uh, yeah I was Jeremy Knoff, Spartan Media Dave Davies Beanstalk Internet Marketing and we will talk to you next week and uh, we'll probably have Jim back